Almost 20 years ago, I had the distinct privilege of sitting in an audience in the front row at the right side, the Baser Cello side of Carnegie Hall in New York City, the island of Manhattan, the region of the world and country where I was born, often a rural area to the west is where I was conceived and born. But I know the city very well. It's the first city I've really ever learned in this incarnation. And so John and I were sitting, <clears throat> and he was talking with the pianist of the New York Philharmonic, which is unusual. In Texas, the musicians will nod to the audience, but the gentleman there was just having a very spirited conversation with John, and then the conductor came out and called them to attention. And out onto the stage walked the wonderful, beloved Italian tenor, Andrea Bocelli. And I've told this story once before. He, he came onto the stage and the audience kind of took a breath because he walked out alone, unaided by another person. And he walked up right to the edge of the stage and people took a breath. And then he felt with one foot and then another for a small piece of light balsa wood, about a yardstick in length or a meter in length. And then there was a small piece in the middle of it that had been affixed at a, at a T angle, an angle of right angles, so that he could put his left foot to the left of the small piece against the long piece, and his right foot in his elegant evening shoes to the right of the small piece against the long piece, probably six to 12 inches or six to 10 inches from the very edge of the stage. And the orchestra began to play and Bocelli began to sing a beautiful hymn, Ave Maria, open praise to Mary, the mother of the historic Yeshua or Jesus of the Abrahamic faiths. And the audience was rapt with their attention and hearts present with this soulful man, his eyes closed, born with eye problems and then fully blind in adolescence. So he's known how to see and then not see. And he sang, and then the orchestra went into a different composer's hymn, Ave Maria, different melody, similar lyrics. And then the orchestra went into a third rendition, a different composer's version of the hymn praising Mary. It was an astonishing symphony of three movements, one voice, a spirited Manhattan orchestra or musicians from the various boroughs of the New York City area and the surrounding New Jersey, Connecticut regions. And the mood of the audience was unexpected. I would note that people assumed they would be seeing a singer who generally expresses himself in a very societal manner on a world stage, a large theater, a huge stadium. He usually has various singers accompany him, 
A woman will come out in a beautiful evening gown and stand beside him and they'll sing a beautiful duet. And then he'll sing a piece alone or two pieces and then he'll have a gentleman come out and sing with him or play with him. And so unbeknownst to us, he performed a recital because it was something he had always wanted to do. A recital of the pieces spiritually and personally most privately significant to his heart. And we were there for that evening. It was an astonishing experience. The mood of love in the man was so real and tangible. He who could not see any of us to raise a weapon against any one of us. We, most of whom could see him very well, and could have seen him well enough to argue with him or fight with him or to receive the vulnerability of his blindness. And through that veil, the unveiled perfection of his love for God. I say this because as I contemplated how to talk about this next aspect of Beyond War, I want to talk about the concept of creation, and I will come to that in a little bit. But I was looking for a way in which to present this so that it would be real to anyone listening or to myself or as a metaphor for the conversation of what is beyond war. And I note that in the pandemic, Bocelli came out famously onto the steps in front of the great Duomo Cathedral of Milan, which is the region near his home in Italy. And as a man of faith in the divine, he sang a concert for Easter Sunday alone standing in a vacant square. It was a remarkable courage, no weapons. The request for God to have mercy upon this earth humankind, all of us, including his family and himself. So I regarded a number of items in the last few days, ways I might speak with poetry or historical stories, examples of virtuous human beings, examples of scoundrels who became more virtuous human beings or scoundrels and their encounters with virtuous human beings or the fruits of difficult karma and the ways we learn lessons through hardship and suffering or through grace. And in looking, I came upon a musician and thought, well, I'm just going to regard this one song. I had a small computer screen in front of me early this morning. And the song brought up another singer, a folk singer from England named Ed Sheeran. He is about as white as a human being could be, red hair, very fair skin, light eyes. A folk singer, he loves to play acoustic guitars made by a gentleman in Ireland. He's written songs since he was in childhood. He sang in his childhood church choir and then started playing the guitar and composing at about age 11. He'll be playing for the Queen's Jubilee evening at her 96th birthday, many, many years upon the throne. 
He's the main person performing that evening. And the song that was in front of me was a little video on YouTube. And I thought, interesting, Ed Sheeran, I know his music just a little bit. But it was called Perfect Symphony with Andrea Bocelli. And I thought, I don't know this piece. I think I should listen to it. And he visited Bocelli in Tuscany. And the video shows them walking up the, the, the driveway to the home, into the house, into the studio in the house. Bocelli's wife is there. One of his sons is there. And they begin singing together. A love song Sharon wrote for his wife, who is a friend from his childhood. And Sharon sings in English and begins, commences the song, which he wrote. And Bocelli joins him in Italian. And then they waft back and forth in Italian together. But the astonishment on Sharon's face as Bocelli began to sing, I realize this young man is in the presence of a human being who's gone beyond war. I don't mean that Bocelli is perfect, but the composition, the intimacy of wife and son, son who's older, Bocelli has been married before, wife, current wife and son, Bocelli, Sharon, and this extraordinary intimacy, where at the end of the piece, they all break into applause. They can't really contain themselves. And then I found another following video of the two of them at Wembley Stadium in London, which I've never visited. I've seen it from the highway, from the roadway, driving by, and driving a little car myself or riding with Blaine driving on trips teaching in, in England. And, what well, you know, Wembley Stadium is vast, enormous. And there is Sharon with his acoustic guitar and his voice, standing on the stage, very comfortable as a human being, and calling out Bocelli, he says. In my earlier tour, Sir Elton John came and performed with me. Tonight I have another surprise, Andre Bocelli. And then he announces that it's the first time they've sung this piece together. And as they turn to the last sense of the song, the last aspects of the song, he asks the audience to raise their phones or if they have a light to, to let that light shine. And then he and Bocelli go back and forth in Italian singing, singing the verse of the song. And then he thanks Bocelli, thanks the crowd. The song is over. I had tears simply pouring down my cheeks beyond war. If I take the two men in World War II, they would have been enemies. Bocelli's family and Chiron's family would have been on opposite sides of a horrific argument among the nations of the world. And here we are, a generation later, with them embodying an intimacy of creation. A song inspired by Sherhan's childhood friend, 
who came back into his life, who became his wife, who is the mother of his child or children, and Pacelli, who is there as our Homer, the one whom the warriors would not have killed because they would have been afraid if we kill Homer, we will, we will upset the gods, we will upset heaven. This is a man who cannot defend himself with weapons. We must not use weapons against him. And here we have a story through Homer, which is the single deepest myth told in the Western Hemisphere of the roots of the Indo-European culture that we call the Caucasian or white race. So what happens in that thread of weaving beyond war through these two blind men, Homer and Bocelli, is something is being created. And we all are able to experience in ourselves their vulnerability. And in receiving their vulnerability, something in us is moved to create beyond a weapon back against them in reaction. Something is moved in vulnerable response to their hearts and souls, Homer's and Bocelli's. What is this? This would be the creation of God. This would be God's creation, the absolute's creation, source's creation, however we call him or her or that, the universe. And then what is created is of holiness in Homer and you, in Bocelli and you. Silence occurs. We are listening. We are looking. We are smelling and touching and tasting toward heaven with one another, with one another. The I follows this, the I, the initial, the ego, the concept of self. The self follows this. The self does not direct this. The creator directs this. So the one place or space in all of known time we have inadequately perceived is the one place or space of heaven eternally each breath into the next moment which is beyond war you are conceived of that space and time you are born of that space and time miraculous here you are and you are to responsibly embody this principle beyond war at all times everywhere period then what occurs is that including Bocelli's heritage including Sharon's heritage the English language the Italian language or the Chinese language or Arabic or the Yupik Eskimo language, or the San language of the Kalahari Desert. 
we all can be attenuated to the same vulnerability present in these two men. And the response which occurs in each of us as a human being when we receive this of our highest or truest or most real path. And if we have the courage to embody this, to embody what is beyond war, then we are responsible to the heart of every other human being so that his or her or their souls too are beyond war. And other beings realize, truly, could it be? Could it be that it is time now, here, everywhere on the earth, for us to set our weapons down? And although we were blind, now we see, now we hear, now we taste and touch and smell the perfume of the flowers of heaven here, everywhere on the earth. The Y chromosomes of the men who have protected the women and one another and the elders and the babies know how to sing together for heaven, know how to create a civilization for heaven on earth beyond all warfare, beyond all weapons. Let us begin. <laughs> 